Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored presented by my good friends over at Burns and McCoy. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening or watching. Make sure you click on that subscribe button. And uh, if you're able, go ahead and share it with your friends. Got a lot to get to, including the very special place that I'm broadcasting from. Oh, boy, you will not believe this one. But uh, also, uh, I may have been banned from a future birthday parties for a certain child. It's a good friend of ours, but I, I, I may not be allowed back. And I feel like I deserve it. I feel like I deserve the ban. Also, I hate HOAs. I'll explain. Cash spills on a highway. What do you do? I know a lot of people did the wrong thing. Uh-huh. I'm judging you, you sons of bitches. I'll go in the hell. You are going to hell. Anyway, uh, let's see. Where else? I lost the thing. I lost the thing. Oh, also, doing this common over-the-counter drug is actually going to influence you to taking big-time risks. Possibly. Possibly. We'll get into that. Also, the greatness of adoption. Yeah, we'll get into that as well. But first, do yourself, your family, your friends a favor. Grab some Burns and McCoy. Amazing hot sauce. I, I can't tell you enough how amazing the hot sauce is, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's amazing. It's great hot sauce. Amazing flavor. The body, oh my God. You put it on anything and it's going to enhance it. It's just going to send the flavor through the roof. It's amazing. But they don't have just amazing hot sauce. They got fantastic salsas, dressings, mugs, mustards, margarita mix, Bloody Mary mix, Burns and McCoy's a family-run business. Their goal is to bring you only the best products made with the finest ingredients. Food should be fun, and they provide that fun with each unique flavor profile they offer. They're available at all grocery stores in the Front Range, or check them out at burnsandmccoy.com. All right. This is the crazy thing. So it's, 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 we're on break. We're on Thanksgiving break. So guess where I'm broadcasting from? Oh, I'm broadcasting from a Phillips 66. I thought it was Conoco, but apparently it's Phillips 66 parking lot. Tried to do Coles, where the last time I broadcasted, uh, a guy urinated in front of me. This time, it's at night, so this is the best place I could find in my area that had good lighting. So here we are. I'm parked on the side, so I'm really afraid that I'm going to get in trouble by the police. Or... I could be, uh, somebody could start urinating in front of me. I don't know what's going to happen, guys. This is really weird. Really weird. But it's fun. Kind of fun. It's late at night. I, I, can't do, I can't do this in the house because I'm too loud. I'm just too loud. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a big goofball. <laughs> I, I just wake everybody up, and my wife would be like, "Why did you say you're a goofball? <laughs> We're trying to fucking sleep." <laughs> so I'm here in my car, in the parking lot at a Phillips 66, and I got a bag of Doritos and some Red Bull. We'll see what happens. I don't know, but I was telling you that I went to a kid's birthday party. Was it yesterday? Anyway, it was a really cool party. And it was at a like an American Ninja Warrior type facility for kids. And it was really neat. So the, the kids got to do all this fun shit and, you know, like tug of war crap, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the meat of the story is this. 
there's this little kind of runway that the kids were supposed to run across. And they're running across, not like pads or anything, they're running across these giant balls. And yes, they look like testicles because they're two balls like merged together. First thing my wife and I say to each other and be like, you know what that looks like? <laughs> it's just missing the shaft. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so they're running across these nut sacks and on a rope above the nut sacks is another pair of nut sacks that they like three pairs. So the instructor's like, can we get three volunteer parents? So naturally, I, I, along with the birthday boy's dad and uh, and now and mom, we volunteered. So the instructor's like, the kids are going to run across, and what we want you to do, parents, is try to knock them off and send them into the pads. I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> so we start, the kids start running across. And some of these little fuckers are hard as shit to hit. And the balls don't hurt, by the way. It's just like, it's almost like getting hit with a balloon. It's very soft. I'm very surprised. But, so we're trying to hit these kids. Some of the kids are like super stealthy. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who invited Neo here? Because they're just like dodging this shit constantly. Then it's the birthday boy's turn. And he had gone before and I missed him and all this shit. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to get this kid. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get you. <laughs> and he's like looking at me like, no, you're not. So I chuck, chuck the ball on the rope, hit him right in the face and knock him back. He flew back a couple feet and landed on some pads. But I apparently shattered his ego because it, I, I think it just shocked the shit out of him. And he looks at me like, you son of a bitch, you did this to me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the poor kid is just crying. It's his birthday. I just ruined his birthday. I ruined his birthday. I did. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm like, fuck, God damn it. But then everybody else keeps going. And then at one point, <laughs> the poor kid's crying in the corner. And all the other kids are just still going. My daughter runs, and then she she tries to cut back the way she's not supposed to. So she, I, I was like, you can't run back that way. You're going to run into somebody. And she's like, she said something real snotty. I'm like, okay, you deserve this. And I launched, launched the, the, the ball and it like hit her right in the face and she flew back, but it didn't shock her. She was just, she's, she has her big brother that picks on her all the time. So she just laughs and gets up. But I felt, awful i wrote that kid was just devastated the rest of the rest of his party i was there for another like 30 minutes he, he he just had a shit day after that and i i feel bad and i'm curious will i be invited again i don't know i don't know i could see it either way if i don't get invited back status update i have not been nobody's in the parking lot i should say no attendees, no customers, uh, no police. So, so far, so good. All right. No prostitutes. Apparently, there's not any prostitutes in Thornton, Colorado. I thought there would be. A little disappointed. A little disappointed. 
I remember the first time I saw a prostitute. I was in downtown Denver. I was like 18 years old. And I'll always remember this because it just shocked me. I'm in my truck and I'm at like a Safeway. And I see this guy like call over a, a woman and she's like wearing like like some short shorts or some shit like that. And like she's doing the classic lean in and talking to him. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is happening right in front of me. Next thing I know, she gets in the car and I start honking my horn and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like a dipshit. Like, yeah, prostitutes are real. They are real. <laughs> I thought it was like a myth. <laughs> For some reason, it, it just didn't sink in that they were real, that that was a real thing until I actually saw it. And I'm like, wow, congratulations. It's like kids officially seeing like the tooth fairy or, or Santa Claus be like, oh, my God, the magic is real. That's the way I was. The magic penis tickler is real aka carla the prostitute fantastic moment in my life when i realized prostitutes are a real thing anyway <laughs> so hoas i get the point of hoas i get it you're trying to maintain some sort of structure in neighborhoods i get that because you don't want people parking their cars in the middle of their lawns and shit like that and having like 30 cars at one house. I get it. I do. I do get that. But here's the problem. What pisses me off, HOA, is that when you guys freak out over the dumbest shit and then you send these messages via either email or letters bitching about stuff. Case in point, I told you guys last, last episode that uh, we switched out our appliances. So what happened was I took out my appliances from the house and I set them in front of the driveway while I figured out what I was going to do with them. And then I brought in the new appliances, right? So guess what the HOA did? Apparently in the time that I, because it's all dated, they wrote the date and the time on there. So the time where I'm putting in the new appliances into my house they drove by took a picture and sent a nasty note saying like how you know we were in violation and this was a stern warning and blah 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 aka we're a bunch of cunts and it's like dude it was the day of i could see if i left it out for like three fucking days eat a bag of dicks hoa you got people like a, a street over that are, have like Weeds galore. They got a pile of shit cars, you know, in the driveway or uh, like in front of their house. All this shit. You got people leaving their basketball hoops outside where you guys say you can't do it. But you'll send us a fucking message saying that they tried to make us pay like $100 because I left the basketball hoop out for a day. Like, are you fucking serious? I hate HOAs. I get them. I get them. Don't get me wrong. I get them, but I fucking hate them. So annoying. And, and, and I mentioned something on uh, Twitter about it, and people are like, hey, man, man, I hate HOAs. They're a bunch of dicks. I get it. I get it. But I want to say it was like I had them outside for like two hours while I'm moving shit around. Fuck off. God. 
bunch of dicks. Speaking of dicks, if you're on I-5 in California, I've never driven in California, but there, it's just north of San Diego where this situation happened. An armored car is driving, and all of a sudden the back doors just somehow fly open. Somehow uh, the armored car guy it, it, it didn't close it or there was a malfunction. And cash just starts flying everywhere. Everywhere. All over the interstate. Ones and like $20 bills. Everywhere. So naturally, people see this and they pull over and they're like, fuck, we got to get this money. And they start collecting money. Then there's a bunch of narcs out there that pull out their phones and start recording everything. So, so far, as I, as I record this, two people have been arrested for taking the money because they're because they're in front of the camera literally going ah i got money <laughs> it's free bitch <laughs> what was that from uh the Chappelle show he's all i'm rich bitch <laughs> yeah so some people actually turned the money over and, and returned it back to the authorities they did the good thing but there's a lot of people out there that just kept the money and they haven't come forward. And with all these people with their camera phones and everything like that and posting the video, they're, they're narking on their fellow Californians and police are using that as evidence and tracking down cars via the license plate numbers and stuff like that. So those people are going to get arrested and, whatever kind of jacked up on the people posting the videos it's like think about the consequences but it got me thinking what would you do in that situation would you keep the money i i don't know if i would or wouldn't i don't know because obviously if my kids were in the car i'd be like oh guys we we can't take this money god damn it uh, we're going to return to fuck son of a bitch. Wish I would have left you at home. Okay, it's the right thing to do. Ah! But if I was there by myself, it'd be really hard not to. If all of a sudden I see like a hundred dollars in twenties, like shit, man, or, or whatever it is. I assume it's loose cash. It's not bundled or whatever. It doesn't matter. I feel like I would end up taking that money. And I know that's not the right thing to do, but I, I, I would have a hard time looking the other way, especially if you're in a situation where you're, you need money. And a good example of that is when I was a kid, we were, we were hurting for money, and my mom took all three of us kids out because my dad died, and she took us out for like a, a breakfast at Village Inn. Sorry, Village Inn. If you want this money back, you can eat a bag of dicks. Uh, and uh, so my mom got Social Security money uh, since my dad died. So it was like the first of the month or whatever. So she's like, let's take the kids out to Village Inn, have a good breakfast. So she takes us there, pays with a $100 bill because she just you know, got the money. 
So she pays $100 off of, I think, I want to say the bill was 20 some dollars of what we ordered. So she pays with 100 expecting to get about $80 back. The lady gives her the $80 back plus the $100 bill back. And my mom, as we're walking out, she walks, we're like halfway down the street, and she's like, "I, wait a minute, I think she, she messed up and gave us this money. And she's like, what, sh what should we do? And I want to say we all three kids just said the same thing. We're like, well, we could use the money. And I feel bad because that poor employee probably got fired for that shit. For having a brain fart. But we totally were in a situation where we're like, we could use the fucking money. And we kept the money. And sometimes, and I know that that sucks, especially for that employee. Because that, in that sense, compared to the armored truck thing, the, the, this was the village inn thing. That was her fault. She made the mistake. And she'll, she probably got fired or at least was severely reprimanded for that. $100 is a lot. But we looked at it as, is this the universe saying, hey, we're, we're helping you out? We know you could use it. Make sure you use it wisely. I don't know. And that's where it's like if you're on the highway and all of a sudden there's cash flying around and you're in financial strain, how would you not grab that money? It's easy for, for you to say, I, I would give it back. I don't know. I look at it as in a couple different ways. Yeah, you could say that it's bad karma, it's bad juju, it's just bad in general to take the money. It's not yours, that's stealing. But then you look at it as, if I just take the money, I mean, we need the money. One reason or another, we need the money. We haven't been able to have a good meal or... Or what? Or somebody's sick in the hospital. We could really use this extra money. Man, I would. I. I. I know that's not the popular decision. Publicly, anyway, a lot of people don't want to admit this, but I. 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 I wouldn't judge you if you took the money. I get it. Life sucks sometimes, guys. Take the money. Sometimes, if all of a sudden life is just handing money to you, it'd be really hard to look away. Now, that being said, you take the money and you could end up having to pay. I, I don't even know what the, the the penalty would be for that. If there's obviously video of you going, ah, I'm fucking taking all this money. <laughs> Fuck you, government. Ah. Then you're probably really screwed. But if you just end up having the money and you do it respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, I'm sure they'll be fine. Right? Right? No. No? I don't know. I don't know. I, would, I can't judge you if you took the money.
can't. Sorry. I know people would be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. I get it, though, if you do. I get it. I get it. I get it. Maybe that's because of, like, the way I grew up. Like, life fucking sucks sometimes. And a lot of times you just have to struggle financially. And then if all of a sudden money is being thrown at you, how do you not take it? How do you not take that money? Anyway. So Tylenol apparently is the drug of the devil. Yeah, I said it. I said it. There was an experiment, a study. I believe the oh, at Ohio State. I forgot to write down the uh, actual university. We'll just say it's somewhere in Ohio. Over 500 university students were participating in this study, and they were trying to see what would happen to you if you took Tylenol, the, the normally prescribed, uh, what is it, 1,000 milligrams of whatever the actual technical name for Tylenol is. I, I can't pronounce it. I'm stupid. You guys know this. But so what they're trying to f figure out is does taking Tylenol encourage you to take more risks? And they found out that the answer is yes. Yes. You are more likely to take a risk if you're taking Tylenol. What? What? Are you fucking serious? So they had in the experiments, participants had to pump up an uninflated balloon on a computer screen with each single pump earning imaginary money. The, their instructions were to earn as much imaginary money as possible by pumping the balloon as much as possible, but to make sure not to pop the balloon, in which case they would lose all that money. The results showed that the students who took the Tylenol, engaged in significantly more risk-taking during the exercise relative to more cautious and conservative placebo group. On the whole, the Tylenol people pumped and burst their balloons more than the controls. How freaking crazy. Overall, however, based on an average of results across the various tests, the team concludes that there is a significant relationship between taking Tylenol and choosing more risk, even if the observed, uh, observed effect can be slight. So taking Tylenol could make you be a little bit more risky. And, and initially when I thought of this, I'd be like, you know, if you're going out and about and you're you maybe you got some you're anxious about something or you got some sort of anxiety about doing something maybe this will help you push, push you over that line and you'll you'll do it and you'll be good but it also can make you make bad decisions obviously son are you on the Tylenol? you made a lot of bad decisions last night dad i i took four doses of Tylenol. i didn't know what i was doing i was way out of it man Really crazy. Now, obviously, I mean, it's a computer test. Part of me is just like, well, yeah, I don't, who fucking cares? It's not real money that they were playing for. If it was real money, I might believe it. Part of me is just like, eh, 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 eh. It'll be one of those things where, like, in a year, they're going to be like, yeah, no, it's, it's not true. No, it's not true. But you know what? 
I don't know. I, I feel like I need to go do some Tylenol and just go, go make some bad decisions, see what happens. <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, we got another Tylenol popper. <laughs> Dude, there's like nobody out and about in Thornton at night. It's like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm, I'm recording this episode, again, at the Phillips 66. And uh, I am surprised that I have yet to see a prostitute. What is this world coming to? Sex work is real work. Sex work is real work. Come on. We're going to get into adoption, something I haven't really talked about, but I, I love it, and I, it, it deserves some sort of platform more than I've given it. But first, since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with premium cannabis products at low prices. With online ordering, you can order quickly and conveniently. For up-to-date products and promotions, head to terrapincarestation.com. Or come visit one of their six convenient Colorado locations. They have incredibly friendly and professional staff who will always, uh, uh, you know, help you find the right cannabis products, you know, that are right for you. Whether it's in one of their dispensaries or just around town, you always feel welcome and well cared for. You're free to be you at Terrapin. Not just because you love weed, but because at Terrapin, weed loves you back. Terrapin, flower to the people. You're welcome. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. I know most people go home for the holidays. Me, I stay at the Blake Street Tavern. There's always a holiday party happening. Don't worry, you still have time to book your bash. With 18,000 square feet and six separate rooms, we can span the spectrum from intimate gatherings to mega corporate events. Call us at 303-675-0505 and we'll get you all the info you'd need. It's a story Blake Street Tavern at Park and Blake, where Denver rings in the holidays. All right, so it's fascinating. One of the things I never thought that I would be a part of is adoption. Growing up, I just didn't know anything about adoption. Growing up, adoption was kind of this just dirty word. And mostly it comes from ignorance. I had no idea what adoption was. And it was one of those things you'd kind of sling it at somebody be like, oh, you're adopted. You know, not thinking of, the consequences of your your words and then as i got older i i was educated and part of that education process was actually going through the process of adoption so our my wife and i adopted two beautiful children and each of them have their own stories they're they have their own adoption stories my son is eight years old. My daughter's six. They both have two different sets of birth parents. But today, as I record this, we celebrated my son's adoption day. And a lot of you might not know what adoption day is. That's the day that the whole process of adoption is finalized. Eight years ago today, we, my wife and I and my son were in a courthouse and we signed the paperwork, and he was officially 100% a duff. And it was a cool moment, just all the, the hard work and the classes that we had to go to, it was finally over. And it was just one of those things where you could just take a deep breath and go, it's time to move forward. Uh, everything's quote-unquote normal now. And it is funny because... 
I, like I said, I didn't know what adoption was. I, again, thought it was a bad thing. But I remember I'm on I-25. My wife and I had been trying for years to, to have a baby. And it just wasn't working out. And finally, she's leaning towards adoption. But I didn't really... I had this this bad taste in my mouth when it came to adoption. So I'm driving home from work one day. I'm on northbound I-25, right in front of Mile High Stadium. Then all of a sudden, my wife is telling me, she's like, listen, I'm going to adopt a child with or without you. You need to make the choice, and you need to really think about this. Do you really want to have a child? And then she, she's all, by the time you get home, I, I would like to have an, an honest answer. So I hang up the phone with her, and I remember the moment where I'm, I'm driving on I-25, right in front of where the Broncos play. And I just envisioned me walking along and holding the hand of a young girl who was my daughter and just holding her hand and, you know, hearing the words... I love you, daddy, something like that. And I remember I started to cry. I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't matter if she or he shares the same DNA as me. It doesn't fucking matter. What's what's important? Love. I know it sounds corny, but it was just like this moment in my life where I'm like, oh fuck. It doesn't matter. And I get home and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I want to move forward with this it's it's what we we should do and then you start the process we went to a place called adoption options here in Colorado they do an amazing amazing job but what was cool about and I didn't realize they were going to do this is when you go through the adoption process they fucking prepare you like no other and it's amazing it's cool and I didn't know they were going to do this until you're in the middle of the, of the program. And it's really cool because they, you have to go take all these classes. Which, by the way, if you're, if you're not going through adoption but you're expecting a child, I, I wish it was fully mandatory that you took the exact same classes that you have to take for uh, adoption. Because I learned so much, so much. You learn a ton, especially on how to deal with like with discrimination, obviously when you're in um, uh, going through the adoption process, I remember filling out everything and they're like, are you willing to adopt a child of different ethnicity? And so we were like, yeah, absolutely. And, but, but then you have to go through classes on, and, and talk or listen to people that actually have dealt with the situation of having a child of a different ethnicity than them. And listening to their experiences and be like, are you sure you're able to handle this? Because it's not like you can just start yelling at people that are discriminating at you. Because that's not really going to help the situation. And especially, it's not going to teach your children the right way to handle handle stuff. So it was really fascinating. And, and we did run into that a little bit. Both of my kids are white. I'm white. But my son has red hair. I don't have red hair. My wife doesn't have red hair. And it's it's a small version of discrimination, but I remember some lady arguing with me at 
the grocery store because she's like, your son has red hair. I'm like, yeah, he does. And then she's like, you don't have red hair. No. She's like, he can't have red hair and you don't have red hair. That's not how it works. Like, well, he has red hair. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. It's like, I don't need to tell everybody that my son's adopted. I don't need to do that, especially in that situation. It's like, fucking back off, Karen. Jesus. It's none of your fucking business. <coughs> Could you imagine if your kids are a different ethnicity than you? That would be hard. So I tip my cap to all of you parents out there and children that have to deal with that shit. Because I could only imagine the shit. And you do hear stories of people calling the police on, you know, uh, a, a black parent because their kid is white or vice versa. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Mind your goddamn business and fuck off. Fuck off. Is the, <laughs> it's like, mind your business. And, and that's just the world we live in. People just assume that they can butt in whenever the fuck they want. It's different from their situation, so they assume that it's wrong. So it, it, I haven't had to really deal with that. So, but I know I've met families that have, and hearing some of their stories of like people yelling at them because they don't believe that their children are their children. It's like fuck off, people. It it, it it's. The core of it is people are just ignorant and, and just stupid. People are dumb, right? I think we can all agree on that. So many dumb people. But what was, what was cool, though, going back to the whole process of adoption is being prepared for adoption in order to, to officially be on the list to adopt a child. You have to go through a lot of uh, you know background checks and a lot of interviews Etc. But you also have to have inspections of your house. I, I there's I want I don't remember how many we had to have, but part of it is you have to have uh, an escape plan if there's a fire uh, written out for multiple situations. If there's a fire here, if there's a fire there, whatever you had to be ready. Like oh shit! I growing up I never had this. And it's, it's a wonderful thing that everybody should have, regardless if you have children or not. It's like, oh, my God, this is great. But that's what it, adoption forced us to do it. Had no idea. Never even thought about it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Loved it. So we have, we have that now. And it, it's really, really cool. Adoption is very chaotic, too. There's times where... You know, you, you go through all the, the process uh, and just to get on the list. And then what happens is you're on the list and then you have to make like a video. At least that's what they, they did when we, we got on the list for our kids. You had to have a video made of you and your spouse talking about why you feel that you would be a good choice for the birth parent. And it's really stressful because you just, you don't want to be fake, but you don't want to, you don't want to sound, it's nerve wracking. You're just, you're putting yourself out there and you're just like, I, I, 
I want to be a parent to the child that you're that you're placing for adoption. And it, it's very stressful because you just want to make sure it's right. You want to make sure it's perfect. And I remember doing ours, and I had a buddy that uh, used to work at Nine News that helped shoot it. And, and my wife and I goofed. At first, it was like for the first like five seconds, we were kind of stiff about it. And then my wife misspoke, and then I made fun of her for it, naturally. And, and that's kind of like what sold it for the birth parents. And they, they said that they liked our video because we seemed relaxed. We did the exact same thing for when, uh, when we were in the process of uh, being on the list when we ended up adopting my daughter. We were very relaxed, and we left in flaws. And it was just a weird thing. And, and eventually one day we'll have our kids watch those videos. Now, that being said, my kids, they both know they're adopted. They don't know the full details of their adoption story yet, but we, what we've done is we've modified it for them. And as they get older and as they ask more questions, we'll really, uh, you know, uh, reveal more details. But they do know they're adopted, and they're six and they're eight. And they both have their own unique stories, and it's really neat. But I remember meeting the birth parents on two separate occasions, obviously. And it was just so nerve-wracking. And I was so afraid to say the wrong things. But it was one of those things where we just had to admit that it was awkward and it was hard. And that if you're going to go through the process, trust me, it's going to be awkward. Just be honest with it, with the situation. It's not an easy decision on either end but it is one of the greatest decisions that could be made. And, and I love it. I love my kids. I love my wife for, you know, pushing through and going, this is, this is what is right for us. And it, it's, it's such a great experience, and I, and I love it. And I'm glad we did it. And, and it was just one of those things where I just didn't, I didn't know enough at the beginning of the situation but as I went through the journey, it, it opened my eyes to how great adoption is. And there's a lot of people out there that um, help the process move smoothly. It, was, it, was, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Uh, I remember the first night that we were able to bring my, my son. We, we were out of state adopting him. And he had a hole in his lung when he was born. So the Ronald McDonald house let us stay. And then when we got him there, because they released him from the hospital, we were waiting for paperwork to clear, which was a nightmare because somebody in the other state screwed up and they lost. They sent the paperwork to the wrong place. Oh, my God. This is just one of those things. You got to let it roll off your back. But... So, so we're at the Ronald McDonald house. My wife and I are, are exhausted. You know, you're, you're thrust into being a parent. And it's, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. My son starts crying, and we're like, fuck, we got to change his diaper. And I'm exhausted. She's exhausted. 
and I forgot the number one rule about boys. You got to cover the penis. <laughs> so when you're changing a diaper, you got to cover the penis. My wife had told me this, and I just totally forgot. So I, we're on the floor, because we didn't have a, an actual changing table. So we're on the floor in the Ronald McDonald house, in this small room. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. We have neighbors in you know the room next to us or whatever. So I'm changing my son. My wife's next to me. She's like inspecting, making sure. She's part of it, but she wants to also, I said, like, I, I want to change them. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll just be right here next to you because I, I hadn't really changed diapers before. So so it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden, P just, like, and I dodge it like freaking Neo from the Matrix. I'm like, whoa, don't want that. And guess where it hits? It hits my wife. <laughs> Not in the, I don't think it was in the face. It was like all over her chest and stuff. And my son just pees all over her. And all of a sudden she's like, cover the fucking penis. Cover the penis. Like, which is funny. Because again, rewind. It's one o'clock in the morning at the Ronald McDonald house. So somebody was woken up by, <laughs> by somebody yelling, my wife yelling, cover the fucking penis. <laughs> Oh, I just gave myself the hiccups on that one. That's funny. But that it, it was a learning experience. And what's fascinating, too, like, is with adoption is sometimes you can get the phone call. You don't have nine months, really, to prepare for this. Like Once you're on the list, you can get a phone call. You could be on the list for, like, a couple months. You could be on the list for, like, two years. But all of a sudden, you might just get a phone call. Hey, this is a situation. Are you interested? Yes, we are. Okay. And then I'll, then like a day later, you get a phone call. Be like, all right, birth mother picked you. Uh, you know, you could uh, have baby by uh, two days from now. You're like, oh, shit. Got to make sure we're ready to go. And it can literally happen that fast. You go from, we're on the list, but who knows when we're going to have the, the child or when we're going to have a child, you know, come our way to all of a sudden it's just like, okay, it's happening. It's happening. Oh shit. Oh shit. I want to say my son, we had like a two week head up heads up. But whereas my daughter was like, we got the heads up that the birth parent, birth mother picked us. But then we had like only, I want to say, I, I always get th these numbers wrong. It was like less than a week. We met her, like, say, on a Tuesday, and by Friday, we we were able to take her home with us, which was crazy. It, it's just such a such a weird thing, and every adoption story is different, and it's they're all beautiful in some capacity. But if you're ever interested in adoption, I suggest you look into it. It's one of those things where I didn't know I wanted to be an adoptive parent until I was an adoptive parent. And it's a very beautiful thing. I love my children more than anything. Love my wife beyond words for, well, one, just for her being her, but then to allow this to happen to us. It was just really neat. It's a really neat thing, adoption. And, and the more... The more people that I, I talk to about adoption, the more I find out from people that are like, yeah, I'm adopted. Like, holy shit, had no fucking clue. No clue. 
It's not like everybody goes around and be like, hi, my name's Todd, I'm adopted. Nobody does that. But it is a beautiful thing. And 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 it's funny though too because you like like my son's just like me. My daughter's just like my wife. It's just fascinating. You would you would never know that they are adopted based on what you stereotypically think assume. You like assume that like he's adopted, that he would have all these traits that are just not like mine, but he's very similar to me. Very similar. You would never know. Never fucking know. My daughter, identical. My daughter looks just like my wife when she was a kid. Fucking crazy. Crazy. But that doesn't, looks don't mean anything, but it is just makes it interesting in our situation. But they could look completely different than us, and it would still be just a, a beautiful miracle. It's just great. I just, I just love it. I, I cannot say anything bad about adoption. I, I, there are going to be bumps in the road. If you go through the adoption process, your heart's going to get broken a couple times, probably. Not all adoptions go through. We had two failed adoptions that hurt really bad. That happens. But it's totally worth it. Because as I'm putting, before I did this podcast, I have my daughter, you know, hugging me goodnight. And she's just like, Daddy, I love you. And it's like, oh my God, I love that. It's totally worth it. Forget about all the pain that you went through to get to where you're at now. So anyway, if you're ever interested, go to Adoption Options. Just Google Google Adoption Options. It's It's a great company that we went through in Colorado. Very interesting. Very, very, very cool. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. I truly appreciate it. I know it was fun at the beginning, then it got kind of serious at the end, but it's kind of, it's a special moment for me. Uh, I, I'm very happy to share our story. While, while I did, um, you know, censor, uh, I know this is the Huff Uncensored, but I did have to censor my my children's stories a little bit because that's their stories they're not really mine to tell because it's ultimately there's a there's a lot of details that i'm leaving out but that's their story one day they have a podcast they're more than happy you know more than welcome to uh share those stories anyway thank you guys so much for tuning in to to huff uncensored make sure you subscribe to the podcast however you're listening or watching uh no police no police came by the, the car as I did this from the Phillips 66. So thank you, police, for not disturbing my disturbing me while I make greatness. Uh, thanks to Phillips 66, the uh, unofficial sponsor of today's podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm still disappointed. No prostitutes. Okay. Okay, apparently this is a, an open market for prostitutes. Not that I want prostitutes in Thornton, Colorado. Jesus, I just realized what I was saying. Don't know. I don't want you. No offense. No offense. I don't want you. Okay? Thanks to Burns and McCoy. <laughs> Thanks to Burns and McCoy. Go check them out at BurnsandMcCoy.com. Blake Street Tavern, you guys are amazing. Go. If you're downtown Denver, amazing atmosphere, amazing food. Blake Street Tavern, 
can't say enough great things about Blake Street. I mean, amazing food. I love their food. 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Also, Terrapin Care Station. Check them out at terrapincarestation.com. That's spelled T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. And don't forget, adoption is a great thing. Thank you guys so much. I love you so much. Let's keep moving forward. Talk to you next time.